Welcome to Transform Now, the podcast brought to you by robotic process automation pioneer, Blue Prism. Digital transformation has the potential to reshape the way companies service their customers, engage their employees, and manage their operations. Whether you're looking to develop strategies, tactics, and best practices to positively impact the future of work, or you're curious to learn how other companies have successfully navigated their digital transformation programs, then this podcast is for you. We're here to help you transform now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is Michael Marchuk, and I am joined today by some Blue Prism people partners and team members here from Blue Prism's people team. I have Phil Orman, who is one of our people partners, and Connie Pashala, who is the global head of talent and employee experience. And today we're going to be talking a little bit more about um, the human resources department in general and how human resources can be leveraging automation. So welcome, guys. Thanks, Michael. Hi, Michael. Good to be here. Great. So um, we need to know who you guys are. So maybe you can give us a little background about uh, who you are and what your role in Blue Prism is. Sure, I'll start. Uh, so my name is Connie Pashala, and currently, as you said, Michael, I am leading global talent programs and building an employee experience discipline here at Blue Prism. I've been with the business, though, for about three years, and I've only been in this role for just the last few months. And prior to, to this role, I was leading the HR team in our Asia Pacific region, which was quite small and growing at the time, and it was super, super exciting. Uh, prior to Blue Prism in brief, I've been primarily working in HR roles within tech startups. I've done so now across New York and the US, Bangalore, India, Singapore, and now I'm full circle back here to New York again. Um, so yeah, I'm Phil Ormond and my role is the uh, people partner for the product organization here in Blue Prism. Uh, so I've been with the business now for nine months um, and career-wise, I'm probably what you would call a, a HR lifer. Um, so I've only really worked in, in HR during, a, during my career of, of 20 years now um, and across many different industries, both uh, public and, uh, and private sector. This is actually my first um, job within a within a tech company, um, so it's been it's been a really good um, learning curve over the last uh, nine months. Um, but it's been throughout my own career, it's been really interesting to see uh, the evolution of our function in the business in that time. So from when I started, we it was a true uh, support function, and we were very transactional and, and reactive. To now, you see, yes, there are still transactional elements, but the agenda now it's far more proactive and, and holistic and we see topics such as diversity and inclusion well-being engagement evp um they're, they're commonplace and, and actually furthermore they're expected by people within the business um and we know from how the labor market has evolved the um these are reasons why people choose to come and work for a company so it's it's not just about the salary they, they they're paid they they need to feel that they belong and I was looking at some some research from Indeed, and uh, they found that only 12% of people consider salary as the most important factor in their job, um, and that's far behind elements such as actually people coming to work to enjoy their job, um, and also having a good relationship with their colleagues, which people value far higher. Um, and obviously, with the rise of of automation becoming more prevalent in in our roles and a a greater focus on digital, um, for for me, this very much feels like the the third iteration of the function in, in my career, or um, HR 3.0, as uh, as I've come to call it. 
That's interesting. So as you mentioned, automation is becoming uh, more prevalent, not just in HR, but across the organization. Of course, Blue Prism um, is instrumental in a lot of this automation happening. So which use cases do you think drive the most value within the HR function? Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll start first kind of on, on more of a foundational level. So um, one thing I'll say first is that our company mission here at Blue Prism is to free the people. And what we mean by that is that we want to free people to do things that are meaningful, right? Things that matter to themselves and their careers and their businesses. And that can really only happen if the non-value add stuff is taken away. So I think about my own career and my own journey. And within HR specifically, there are so many use cases, if you think about it. And I'll tell you one. So, you know, before I joined Blue Prism a few years ago, I was hired to lead kind of the people operations function of a growing startup. And when I came on board, it was already a few hundred people and we were already in several countries across Asia and I inherited a team. What I really quickly came to realize is that even though we had so many people, everything was still being managed on Excel. And I knew that my team ahead of us had 500 people to hire that year. So I did a little bit of, you know, just basic math and figured out if we just look at just the onboarding, right, getting people enrolled in systems and setup and communications and all of that, it was taking probably about 15 minutes per person. So if you extra extrapolate 15 minutes per person times 500 more people throughout the year, that's 125 hours. So that kind of killed me a little bit. But then it, it, it also helped me realize that this is not uncommon, you know, I think there are plenty of businesses out there that are still managing things quite manually and through things like Excel and, and Word docs, it's really prone to error. And the people who were on my team were just super frustrated because they were sitting at their computers, just typing in names and typing in addresses all day. So, you know, I wish back then I knew more about intelligent automation or Blue Prism, which I didn't. Um, what I did know is that I had to find a way to reduce that. So we kind of just, you know, hacked some systems. You know, I found the right systems that already had built-in automations that had open APIs that could connect. And we were able to reduce that time frame to just a couple of minutes rather than the 15 minutes. So I think it's stories like that, you know, think about where you're spending all of your time today, where your people teams are spending their time. How can you get your people away from that and upskill to do the stuff that really matters? And and for us as that business, we were quite fortunate to be able to reduce that time. And my team members, which I'm really proud of, I had two who were then promoted by the end of the year because they were able to do and pick up more of the value-add stuff. So I would, I would suggest just start with those foundations because that's where the value can really build. Well, I'm sure it's not just time either. It's, I mean, if you think about typing in addresses all day long, it's likely that a person's going to make a mistake just because we're human Plenty. typing in all those those addresses and, and phone numbers human. and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So yes, so there's a time issue, but there's also the, the quality of the, of the data, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We made plenty of mistakes then. And it was frustrating because we were losing that credibility with our businesses and leaders. So we had to get that back. And I think, Connie, to build on um, the, the point you made about um, for freeing the people and I guess talking to the examples that you've given away, you had two team members who were promoted. I think that that's where we drive the most value as a as a function. So uh, I think anything where we allow our our people to thrive and 
create an environment where people feel they can they can bring their true selves to work, um, and as a result, they they perform to their full potential. Um, and I've I've done some work on this in in previous roles, and when when you see that click with someone when they kind of find that sense of purpose, um, actually the the impact that that has on people can be um it can be remarkable. Um, but I, I think then as for us as a as a business, it's important that we tap into that and, and help people plan their development around that and um, to make sure that it, it, it kind of links to that. Um, and if people see they're growing personally as well as as well as professionally, that's really powerful. Um, and it also helps to to grow the business through through its most important element, which, OK, we're, we're biased, but obviously it's it's our people, isn't it? Um, so if we apply an automation lens to that and i think look at how we've how we've embraced some of this some of these examples in blue prism um th- there's a couple that, that i would highlight so the the first one which is i think is quite a quite a simple but it, it kind of really helps to to illustrate the example is uh, the introduction of a chatbot um so as the as the business who created the rpa industry we knew the there were there were people in our business and coming into it i coming into the business knew i was i was one of them who didn't really have um, exposure to the technology. Um, and also as a business, we want to make sure that people use our own software as well and, and we're able to showcase that internally. And in addition to, to HR, we, we knew that teams such as uh, legal and finance were routinely fielding these repetitive uh, routine questions. And we we wanted a solution to, to help um, internal customers. So we, we created a, there's an internal uh, chatbot created who who was named Charles. Uh, we like to give our our chatbots, uh, or sorry, our, our digital workers names because they, they they are part of the workforce after all. Um, so so that was launched in in February last year, um, and it uses machine learning and natural language processing to to help people to self serve. Um, so it it was developed by our internal automation team, um, and they have visibility of of what is being of what is being asked um of course that is all anonymous um to help to, to, to help protect and, and maintain um the integrity of the of the data um and things that aren't being interpreted correctly so they can help charles continue to evolve and be able to to, to respond to better to people's needs um to those of you who who may have visited blue prisms uh website uh, before the recent rebrand there was a, a chatbot on there which will have popped up which runs the similar technology um, and also for those who are planning to attend blue prism world that i believe there's a, a similar solution in the in the pipeline as well but internally we've seen particularly over the last six months uh, an increased usage of around 650 percent um, and that compares to the the, the six months um directly after the launch. So it's, it's a sign that we're starting to, to build some strong adoption um, as people use that as a, as a first point of contact for their queries. So that's, a, a, I think, a really good use case. The, the second one, uh, which is more of a something we've done internally as a team, um, was around the, the annual process of allocating the, the annual share awards. Um, so using some, again, using some core data provided by the reward team, we had a, a digital worker who was able to create and, and send emails um, and confirm those share allocations granted that was sent to the line managers for then issuing out to the team. Um, the ease at which that process ran in terms of helping to deliver the allocations in a, it, it was simple, it was timely, but most importantly, correct. The information was was correct um, and that was widely praised across the business. So I think 
in looking internally to really powerful use cases there of how we've been able to to, to use the digital workers to, to to make our lives easier. So Phil, you mentioned this whole chatbot integration, which which sort of transitions into this digital transformation concept. And this is happening across organizations uh, in every industry. There's different functions that are having um, this digital transformation um, really change the way that they're approaching the way they work. So um, when you start looking at that, you know, what do you think is one or two things that HR should be doing right now to, to prepare during these times of digital transformations? Mm. Uh, I think it starts with mindset, Michael. So um, I think if we can ourselves switch to a, a digital first mindset and we incorporate that into everything we do. Um, and what I mean by that is accepting that we need to, as ourselves, understand the technology and not not that we just ask someone else to, to tell us the answer. Um, and that's, of course, both important for what, what's here today and also what's evolving. So we need to have kind of one eye on the future as well, given the, the rate at which technology evolves, particularly in this um, COVID world that we're in at the moment. Um, so for, for us working in a tech company as well, it feels like it should be 101 um, or certainly not long after that as, as we're becoming, uh, as we're working in the industry. And I think in becoming digital natives, we can then ourselves drive adoption and, and make an impact through that. Um, and if we're seen to be adopting, we can we can show others how we can how we can walk the talk and and evangelize the the, the benefits of um, adopting this digital first mindset. Um, it then allows us to share learning, and by staying ahead of the curve, it also means that we can we can stay relevant because again, a, a business that isn't relevant will, will will very quickly run into difficulty. I would add to that also. You know, I think HR teams. We need to understand how much value we can play in preparing for a digital transformation, because if you think about some of the core tenets of a really successful transformation, it's when you're able to get people on board, right? They they understand, and like Phil said, they've got that mindset in place, and people's in our job title, right? We, we understand the org. We understand how people and functions interact with each other, and when businesses and leaders talk about something like digital transformation, that sounds gigantic, right? And it sounds sometimes, you know, quite uh, intimidating because it's unknown. So it's really the small steps that we can take to help get people on board and embracing what we're trying to do here. Um, and you think about, you know, John Cotter's change model, which I think is quoted a lot, but it's quoted a lot because it makes sense. And, and the first one is to create that sense of urgency. So we have this ability. We, we work with these businesses and teams on a daily basis. So if we're the first people that an employee speaks with when they join a business and likely the last person they speak with when they leave a business and then so many other critical moments in between, we've got that positioning, we've got the relationships and the ability to empathize and understand so that we can help to influence and, and make sure that transformations can be successful. That, that makes total sense. But so kind of when we've seen, you know, this transformation uh, as an enabler, auto, where automation is an enabler for not just HR, but for other things as well. Um, but obviously true transformation is not just throwing a chat butter or adding technology. Um, how should the HR team be guiding executive leaders when they're driving these massive changes? Yeah, you know, I would agree it's not. It's not just the technology part. It's it's really again the people and the mindset part. You know, I think 
when you ask that, the first thing I think about actually is is a lesson that I learned from one of our amazing sales leaders here, Mike. And I remember he he told a story in which you know a few years ago he was trying to sell a multi million dollar solution to to some customer, and um, it was in, it was in essence selling a transformation journey right at that price and at that level. And you know he was thrilled because he would smash his numbers. The CEO was thrilled. You know everybody was really excited. They get to the last stage of the funnel, and there was suddenly a really loud dissenting voice one layer below the executive team of that customer group. And nobody had detected that possibility. They hadn't gone in in depth enough to do the org mapping. And so that's the lesson that I would say is at the start, sit down and recognize that transformation is a tough journey. So sit with the exec, take the time to understand where those detractors may be, whether it's people or processes or systems, and be able to overcome and understand those from the start, because you don't want to get to major critical phases and then understand at that point that something's coming up. So again, the people team has this really amazing broad understanding of the the relationships across the business. So help to point out these blind spots to, to the exec team. Um, and I would say also, if you think about just, just automation in general, I think when it comes to detractors, it's it's reducing now because people are now understanding the impact of automation and the power it can deliver. Um, I remember that our CEO, Jason, wrote an article recently where he said that 81% of people now have a strong understanding of the benefits of automation. So that's there now. So now it's just thinking about the potential resistance to change that may exist. So, you know, use your abilities within your people team of using storytelling of people using really clear and crisp communication, because when you're clear about what you're doing, people can really handle that. They can handle that change. We're resilient. We're resilient creatures here. What we can't handle and what people can't handle is when they don't know, right? Or they don't understand how how it connects with them or what it means to them. So I would say that's the major value that an HR team can play in in working with an exec team to make this successful. Yeah, I, I would agree. It's it's absolutely that that people element which which doesn't go away. Um, we can we can have the best technology and, and processes in the world, but if people don't know how that connects with what the business should be delivering, then ultimately it'll it will be useless or it will be it'll be fail it'll fail. Um, and we need to equip leaders with the with the right skills to, to to help them to join the dots for their team um, and connect with where they are now to to where they want to be um, and and as connie mentioned that that involves helping them to to craft those powerful stories and and sharing those past experiences as well and um, to help create that that sense of urgency and uh, and the case for change um, and i also agree as well that you can't um at, as the people team, you can't be detached from that. You need to show that you're on the journey with them. Um, and it's it, that's where that element of collaboration comes in as well. So we've been talking quite a lot about um, the people side, um, the humans as employees to our organizations and whatnot. Um, as we look at the human resources team, um, what changes in the roles that you're perceiving as we move to more of a human digital resource mix? So for me, the, the, this is the really exciting part. Um, so I think, yes, the, the idea of, of having a, a digital worker or a digital presence in the team 
um, could be seen on the face of it as, dilute, as diluting the, the human element of our roles. Um, but actually, I think the opposite's true. So if you think about when we when we hire people into into a business we look at someone's uh, we look at their passion we look at their energy their, their enthusiasm um, the diversity of thought the the individuality they bring to to name a few um but we we've all been there and I'm, I'm sure we can we can list off many examples between us where we're doing repetitive tasks that it saps our energy and it takes us away from those moments the add the true value to our roles and uh, and ourselves as people. Um, and to, to, to Connie's earlier point, um, how many times have we not been able to, to catch up with someone because we've got that, we've got to pull that piece of data or we've got that dashboard to finish um, and we, we just need to make sure we've got all that information ready. I think having a digital worker available to manage these repetitive tasks, it actually frees up more of our time to to do those parts of the role that, that, that add the value and allow us to showcase that, the passion, the energy, the enthusiasm, et cetera, that actually got us the job in the first place because we're, we're appointed based on those behaviours and, and how we will fit into the team and the individuality we can bring, um, not necessarily because we can copy and paste a lot of data across, across spreadsheets. So um, I think the examples that we've, that, that we've talked about um, today um, are, are a testament to that really. And, if we think of of what we what we exist to do as a people team, it's about unleashing human potential, um, and, and I think automation is a is a real enabler for that. I would totally agree. You know, Phil started off by saying that this is the exciting part, and what I'm seeing right now, it's it's probably the most thrilling time, at least of my career, to be part of HR. And and last year really helped to demonstrate the value. And what I'm seeing externally with my HR peers is that I know they've never been so much approached about new job opportunities. It's, it's, it's a hot space right now. And we're really on the cusp of major change because of the way, like you said, Michael, these workforces and, and resources are being redefined. And, and here at Blue Prism, we have, we have a great model, which I think and hope more people are going to be moving towards, which is a third digital workers, a third human, and then a third systems. So it's thinking about how those three together can work. And for us within the HR or, or people spaces, we should be thinking about the horizons and what we have ahead of us if we're able to make that work. So, you know, again, think about the 40, 50, 60 hours you put into your works every week right now. How much of that is doing stuff that doesn't really require your smarts or your skills, like Phil said. And, and for me, I can think of plenty of examples and plenty of hours where it's not requiring my my smarts or or building my skills as a human. Um, so you know what I what I think is if we can spend more time doing the stuff that is producing the insights and and being meaningful with them, that's how we can magnify the human part of who we are. And also by leveraging technologies or solutions like intelligent automation, this is actually a really huge career differentiator for my HR peers out there. Because, and this is regardless of, you know, your industry or your level or your scope, because I know that HR teams are actually major customers of solutions like this. You know, going back again to my example where I didn't know a solution like this existed, but I knew I needed it. You know, I knew I had a problem and I was spending too many hours doing this. So if we understand how this works, we can be those huge customers in this space. We don't know, we don't have to know how to 
build the tech, right? But we have to know what problems we have and, and how we can then go solve them. Because we know that the space of automation is not going to go away. It's really only growing. So we should really be part of that journey. And, you know, the last thing I'll say is I remember last year, a couple of our teammates within the, the customer office teams had gotten together and, you know, discussed what are the things that differentiate a human? You know, what are the skills that cannot be automated? And they came up with quite a list. And, you know, a couple of them were things like innovation and creativity, leadership and collaboration. These are the things that really make us human. So why not try to find ways to magnify those and spend more time on these types of skills? As, you, as we look at these, these changes that the HR teams um, are seeing with a human digital resource mix, how can the people teams within companies be guiding or helping the employees make transitions as the digital transformation that's occurring is changing the job roles for these employees? I think that's a huge question, Michael. And, you know, it's one that I'm sure is on the minds of many businesses and, and many customers who are thinking about going into solutions like this. Um, you know, we know that the the whole notion of, of fear of automation is actually reducing over time, but it is still something that people need to think about. And there is a transition that needs to be made. I would say it is different for each business because you have to know who your people are. But one thing maybe that I would recommend is, you know, firstly, you have to bring people on the journey. And I think one thing that companies are, are looking more into, which we are as well, is to move more towards kind of a skill-based model, right? If you think about the way jobs and careers were defined 20, 30 years ago, it was very competency-defined, and it was maybe quite, um, you know, there was a ladder that you would climb, right? And it was quite defined. You knew where you would be in two years if you did these things. Things aren't really going that way anymore. So if we can help people understand the skills they can pick up and using technologies like automation, they can help pick up those skills more quickly. They can move laterally. They can move to projects. They can collaborate a little bit more. You know, it doesn't have to be as boxed in and defined. So if we can help people understand that and carve out those skills that are human, that they can develop alongside, you know, technology solutions like this, I think that's a really great way to help people get on board. Yeah, I, I would add to that. Um, start small as well. So as as, as Connie mentioned, the, the you say digital transformation to people, and they automatically think think massive change. Um, I would I would encourage people to start small. So what what does this mean for us in, in terms of the organisation? So what what do we want automation to help us with, and and what do we want to to achieve as a result of that? And, and then how can we, what are the little incremental steps that, that we can make? Um, and that will then help people to, to come on the journey because they'll start to, to see and feel and, uh, and, and touch the benefits of it. Um, and I think that's where you start to, where you start to win with it in terms of bringing people, um, on that journey. Well said. Well, I wanted to thank you so much, Connie and Phil, for joining us today. I think everyone got a really good insight on how HR could be working together. Um, with the organization to really make a difference. So thanks again for joining us on our podcast today. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Michael, for having us. This was really fun. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in to Transform Now. For more insightful discussions on digital transformation and more, check out our podcast channel where you'll find all of our previous episodes. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. And if you like what you heard, please leave us a review. For more information about digital transformation and the future of work, 
Check out blueprism.com to learn how Blue Prism's digital workforce is enabling enterprise transformation now.